Contrology. Pilates. The work, the method. However you want to describe it, it is the brainchild of German creator and inventor, Joe Pilates. Hello, everyone. I'm Darian Gold. Thanks so much for joining us on All Things Pilates. Well, it's been over five months since All Things Pilates has aired a new episode, and I wanted to share with you the reason why. So in today's episode, I'm turning the mic on myself and for the first time, speaking out about my life-changing experience. It won't be the entire story, but enough for you to understand my absence. For those of you who don't know me personally or aren't one of my students, I was exposed to COVID-19 in November of 2020. I had no idea how my life perception would alter or how my own sense of self would change. The doomsday reports in print and on air left little to the imagination of what could happen if infected. And when I tested positive like any normal rational person, I panicked. Curiously, my first symptom were a series of hot flashes, which was unusual because I hadn't had hot flashes in a number of years. But then over the next day or two, a fever developed along with body aches and chills. From there, a very intense sinus cold clamped down on my nose, and some of the heavy congestion traveled deep into my chest. Because it was winter, the cold air made my breathing more difficult and I found myself having to take shallow breaths. Sleeping was extremely difficult as I couldn't find a comfortable position without my sinuses becoming completely stuffed up. I kept having to breathe into a washcloth doused with eucalyptus oil. Any physical effort elevated my heart rate, and just to prepare a meal sent me back to bed. I noticed, especially in the mornings, that my entire body felt as if I had had a caffeine shot a shaky or vibrating feeling. Little did I know at the time that my autonomic nervous system was completely misfiring and keeping me in a state of fight or flight. Living alone and trying to heal, I was also alone with my thoughts, and that part might have been the roughest for me. Not able to have proper perspective around my illness caused tremendous anxiety. I was afraid to move too quickly or do too many tasks for fear of my airways closing. I kept saying to myself, why isn't my body healing? What am I not doing that I should be doing? I mean, isn't this just a bad flu? But then about a week into my illness, while resting in bed, I felt this intense pressure on my chest, as if someone was literally standing on top of me. It was at this point that I fully comprehended I was now part of the COVID club. I had never experienced this amount of stress. The continual shortness of breath coupled with severe anxiety brought on a number of panic attacks. In fact, one of those attacks was so severe, I ended up in the emergency hospital. The very first visit to the ER, the nurses were dressed in what looked like hazmat suits, wheeled me into a room, and left me. Instead of comforting me, the medical staff stayed clear of me. Eventually, they took blood work and a chest x-ray. Six very long hours later, I was released and given a finger oximeter to check my oxygen and heart rate at home. 
For those who don't know, a finger oximeter is a small clip-on device that reads your oxygen saturation level and your heart rate. For a normal, healthy person, the O2 reading is usually 99 or 100, 100 being the highest. Anything under 94 is cause for concern. I kept staring at the oximeter as it hugged tightly around my middle finger, willing it to move up from the 92 or 93 levels. I'd take 95 just to keep me from feeling like I needed to go to the ER again. My fear was having to be admitted into the ICU because everyone knew that might mean being put on a respirator and possibly never going home. Because I was so spent emotionally and mentally, it wasn't until I got home that I was aware I felt something in my arm. Turns out that one of the nurses forgot to remove the IV. And what ensued, I suppose, is funny now, but certainly not then. As soon as I walked in my door, I got on the phone with two of my sisters, who each offered advice as what to do. One sister said go to YouTube, the other Google. It was close to 1 a.m., and I was too exhausted. Then it was suggested to call 911 again, and because I live in such a small town, it was the same guy who answered the first time when I breathlessly asked to be taken to the emergency hospital. Luckily, he knew of a mobile urgent care person on call who literally dropped what she was doing, drove up the unlit winding road to my cottage at 1 a.m. to help me. Quickly and professionally, she removed the IV, placed a bandage on my arm, and was back in her car in less than five minutes. The one thing I really appreciated about my time at the emergency hospital was that the ER nurses saw me right away. A far different experience when I tried to contact my primary doctor. There was no direct line to her office, so I had to go through the automated phone system, and many times it was a two to four hour wait. I'd even call late at night to the nurse's advice call line, only to speak with someone who had no clue how to advise me. During the first couple of weeks, when I was the most scared and fragile, I had no luck speaking with my doctor. Only her office staff was available. They were of little help either, so I quietly suffered at home, not knowing how to help myself other than rest, hot soups, teas, and vitamins. I truly believe many of us long COVID sufferers are long COVID because our doctors couldn't get to us fast enough, if at all, or didn't know how to treat us, so we had to figure it out on our own. I didn't stop teaching, which in hindsight wasn't very smart because my voice tired easily, leaving my vocal cords irritated and scratchy. Consequently, I wasn't able to give many corrections or cues to my students, but they continued to show up every week even though I was just a shadow of myself. My students were all very understanding and kind as they saw me struggle to hold myself and the class together. Whenever I took a workshop from Romana in New York or elsewhere, she inevitably would say, Pilates could be summed up in three words, stretch, strength, and control. I pretty much lost control over my body and also my mind. My lifelong devotion to health and fitness couldn't save me this time, and I fell into a very dark hole. There is so much more to this saga. For instance, the term brain fog is sometimes carelessly thrown around to describe brain dysfunction. Is nothing like being in fog. For me, it felt like someone took a stick, shoved it into my ear, and scrambled my brain. I had no ability to track a thought, 
I'd find myself just staring at the television, not able to take in the scene in front of me. Then there were weird symptoms appearing months after the acute stage. A right bloody nostril, ears ringing, swollen neck and throat, trouble swallowing. To this day, the complete loss of smell. Also, the CT lung scan revealing scattered glass chart opacities and the continued fight-flight response switched on. However, light did shine down into that dark hole of mine. There were the life-saving COVID support groups, the incredible kindnesses my sisters and mom showed me, my friends and neighbors bringing me soup and shopping for me, and even the softening of my own heart. Although this recovery has been extremely slow and beyond frustrating, I am on the mend. One thing I did learn throughout this ordeal is that the kindness and generosity you may give to others, please give to yourself. My goal for this new podcast season, season three, is to continue to feature memorable guests in the Pilates community, as well as featuring those in complementary health and wellness professions. I hope you'll join me next time as I welcome once again the incomparable Pilates elder and loved around the world, Mary Bowen. My favorite thing about the Pilates method is sharing it with my students. And sharing this passion online has allowed me to get to know many students from around the globe. So I've created a new feature on this podcast highlighting one of those students for each episode. Today's featured student is Beatrice Denise, and she lives in Bavaria, Germany. Beatrice is a web designer, and she discovered Pilates in 2012. Actually, it was my intermediate app that caught her attention, and she jumped right in. Beatrice is extremely strong and very devoted to her practice. She describes her love of Pilates this way. It seems Pilates fulfills all of my physical and mental needs in a magical way. Pilates encourages, surprises, fulfills me every time. All Things Pilates is produced and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Podcast production is provided by Palm Springs Recording Studios. If you'd like to learn more about traditional Pilates or me, please visit DarianGold.com. And until next time, do what you need to do to restore your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks so much for tuning in, and let's meet again for another episode of All Things Pilates. 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 Pilates.